Welcome, everybody, to a special interview here on To the Turnbuckle. I'm Logan Morris, or whatever's left of him, and I have the pleasure, privilege, and honor of sitting down with a man that's a former NWA World's Heavyweight Champion. That's right, the real World's Heavyweight Championship. <laughs> I'm talking about the perfect storm, Tim Storm. Tim, how are you? Oh, man, Logan, I'm great. I appreciate that introduction. I agree with you. I think that is the, the real World's Championship. I think that... Uh, you know, without a doubt, it's the most prominent, it's the oldest championship in the history of wrestling. I'm proud to have my name associated with it. It's, yeah, look, we're, we're off to a great start because you'll get no <laughs> argument from me uh, not to put down any other company or any other championship, but there's not a championship in the world that has that lineage, you know, with the Harley races, with the Ric Flairs, with the Dory Funks, Terry Funk, uh, Jack Briscoe, just so many names. And your name is on that same list. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. But first, let's let's go back a while. I know I'm sure you've been asked this before. But let's talk about how you got started in the uh, professional wrestling business. Uh, you know, I started pretty late in life. Uh, I, was, oh, I was 30, 31 years old when I decided that it was something I wanted to kind of pursue. And I was looking for – I've always been a fan, always. I've, I love professional wrestling. I'm passionate about it. Uh, and I was a fan. And I needed – I was looking for some new physical challenge. I'm always looking for something. I had no idea what I was getting into, to be honest with you. It's the, it's the most difficult thing I've, I've ever done, um, most physically demanding. And I, the first call I made, I made to uh, WCW, uh, what was it, uh, was what, whatever the name of their school was at the time. and The power right, plant, perhaps? Yeah, I was going to say powerhouse. You're right, power plant. Power and plant. I, I, you know, I, got, I had a good conversation. And the first thing the guy said is, you know, we're, we don't take anybody over 30. And I said, well, what if I'm really close to 30? And he laughed and said, well, you know, just come in at the best shape of your life. And what, you know, and again, not dogging anybody, what that really means is we want your money. We'd love to have you come, you know, and, and, and pay us. And I got a, got a call from a friend of mine uh, that I went to church with at the time. And he said, hey, I, I saw this ad on TV. He said the production quality for this wrestling wasn't very good, but they're advertising for a wrestling school. And I was living in Arkansas and I Went to a wrestling school in Arkansas, in Paris, Arkansas, that turned out to be fantastic for me. Uh, small, not a big class, but as old school as you could possibly get. And it gave me just a, a grounding in fundamentals and psychology. Uh, the physical part, as far as, you know, there, there was no, there were no drills. There was no nothing. You got in there and you learned to move and you learned and you fought. That, that's what we did. Uh, but it worked out really well for me. Uh, a guy named Bill, a uh, guy named Bill Ash who was the professor back in uh, the seventies and eighties was the, the guy who was running the school. And it was, it was a good start for me. No question. And so when, when you consider the fact that you take it personally, WCW said uh, we're not going to take anyone over 30, especially when you consider the fact, and this isn't a shot at anybody, but diamond Dallas page right. got started well past 30. Uh, obviously he went on to have a hall of fame career. Uh, so did you, do you have any rub about that? Oh, no, no. It was, you know, I was in an interesting place in life. You know, married, had two kids, had a house. Uh, had a, I was vice president of a company. I had car payments. And it wasn't one of those deals where I was going to be willing to, you know, walk away and, and not do what was right for my family um, to to take a shot at a wrestling school. And you, you mentioned DDP. Man, he, he paid every price in the book. And I mean that physically, uh, financially, I, you know, from my understanding and get to talk to him just a little bit. You know, he paid his way to AWA along with his Diamond Girls. Uh, he did that with WCW. He was around the business. He learned the business. He got – and, he, you know, a lot of the guys, you know, from things I've read, 
really thought he was too old when he got in, but he took it seriously. He worked hard and, and like you said, became a hall of famer and everything he gets, every accolade he gets, he deserves, you know, I said, no, I don't take that personally. It was, they were, they were reading from the script uh, just like they were supposed to do. And I was just kind of searching for a place, you know, where I wanted to go. So let's, let's talk about, you, you talked about professor Bill Ash. What were those first sessions like breaking in? Uh, we worked out a deal because of my background at the time in marketing where I came in and, and did some stuff for him. He, you know, did some stuff for me that he let you come in on the first, the first uh, training class was free because he knew that a lot of people didn't, well, couldn't handle it and didn't want to do it. And, you know, for people who haven't trained in wrestling, um, bumping to me was incredibly the most unnatural thing I'd ever done. It's like I had a little bit of, uh, you know, I played college football. I had done a lot of different things. I tried a lot of different sports, but, you know, Taekwondo, for example, but you don't intentionally land on your back. That's the exact opposite of what you do. And I remember on the very first session, he was, he was trying to show me, here's how you protect yourself. This is a flip bump. And he backed me up in the corner and he said, I want you to take one step. I want you to do a front flip and I want you to land on your back. And I, I, at the time I was probably 315 pounds, um, good athlete, you know, but a big, and a big guy. And I took a step and it was kind of like when you're a little kid and you're on the diving board, but you don't really want to go. And I kept going and stopping and going and stopping. And, you know, Bill at the time was probably, well, shouldn't say it that way. Probably my age now, he's probably in his, in his late fifties, mid to late fifties. And he, he's probably five, seven pot belly glasses. And he walked up to me in the corner and got in my face and he said, all right, big man, here's your deal. You do what I tell you to do or get in your car and go home because this is what it's going to take. And it motivated me. And I, cut a perfect nothing and landed on the top of my head and kept coming back. So, um, you know, it's, it, it was, it was incredibly physical. We ended every training session by what he called rolling, which was basically getting in the ring and grappling, wrestling, trying to make the other guys submit or get a, get a pin. And it was, uh, it was great training. So where did you go from there? How'd you get that first kind of break into the business beyond that? Well, he, he actually got the first break. He had a, you know, and for a guy who'd had a handful of matches, uh, I was a huge NWA mark, NWA fan. Harley Race was one of my idols, uh, one of my, you know, people that I kind of studied and watched. And uh, Bill worked out a deal where he got into uh, as a uh, helping with the booking and providing talent with, at the time, I think it was World Legion. I think it became World League. It's what WLW, but it was Harley's promotion. So I got to go up with maybe 10 matches under my belt and work for Harley Race um, in, now I won't say high-profile matches, but for a guy who's had 10 matches, I think my first match was against Hacksaw Butch Reed. My second match was against uh, uh, King Mabel, Big Daddy V. I worked Dan Severin up there. Um, it didn't work out well for me. Uh, the, the two of them had a disagreement that we didn't know about as, as, as talent. We just got a notice one day saying, oh, no, that show, we're not going to that show. That show's not happening anymore. Well, the reality was the show was happening. Just Bill wasn't invited anymore. Uh, but he didn't tell us that. So I know showed Harley Race, and that's a no-no. You know, that's not, that's not something you do in the business and, and uh, get a second chance. At the t- and I tried everything I could to try to make up for that because I had no idea I was no-showing. I thought the show was canceled. But, uh, but still got all those opportunities. You know, got to learn. I, I look back at those matches and cringe. I was not very good. You know, I, I but I, I took advantage of those. And that, that's kind of how it started. I, I moved. I did that for, you know, I worked there in, in Arkansas and, and surrounding states a little bit. 
probably over the next two years or year and a half, probably didn't have more than 25 matches uh, and then moved to Texas and everything changed, you know, kind of retrained, got in with a whole different type of training and learned a whole different aspect of the business. And, you know, it just, it has, it has consistently grown from there. Well, before we discuss that, I got to follow up. How did the seven-time NWA World Champion, Father Race, how in the world did he, how, how did he react to that? You know, I'm sure, and this is just the way the way I am. I'm just a truthful person, so I'm just going to tell you the truth. It probably wasn't even a bump on his radar. You know that that it's, you know this group of guys. He knew he had told Bill that Bill wasn't you know part of that anymore. Um, he just replaced with with somebody else. You know, I mean, I don't. It's you don't get a second chance with somebody like that if you. And, and again, regardless of my reasoning, I didn't know that I had no showed hard. I would never have done that. But uh, he still had a guy that no showed, not just one. Our whole group was told this, and you know, I'm sure he just moved on to the next the next group of talent, and probably didn't even notice we we weren't there. All right. So you talked about you said you retrained, learned a whole different kind of idea and thought of what wrestling uh, was for you. Uh, how'd that go? Let's talk about that process. I uh, moved to Texas, and the the truth of it is, is that I had made kind of a commitment to uh, to myself. I I didn't want to leave Arkansas. Arkansas was home. My mom's still in Arkansas. It's it's where my my you know my wife's family was. It's where we were all from, and the company that I came to work for just kept offering me more money, and I can't say no, and they'd offer me more money, and it finally got to the point where I was like, okay, I got to go, and when I came here, I had every intention of okay, it's time to be a big boy and stop wrestling you know let's let's work the 80 hour week and earn the money and uh, I did that for about eight or nine months and I got involved with the Christian Wrestling Federation and when I when they brought me in I was a quote-unquote veteran because these guys were just learning they were college students so I was helping train and in reality uh, the guy who was running the training he had an incomplete opposite viewpoint of of Bill um, he was his he had trained with Les Thatcher but he had also was a huge fan of Japanese wrestling, of lucha wrestling. So it went from all psychology to, you know, here's our, we would do an hour of drills, running the ropes, switches before we would ever even get into anything else. So my cardio, my cardio increased and I learned a whole different aspect of wrestling. Uh, you know, I learned uh, more of a spot type, you know, wrestling. I learned, I learned how to post more, help guys out, catch guys. Because with Bill, you didn't do anything. The, the ceiling at Bill Ash's um, training facility, you couldn't stand on the second rope without hitting your head on the ceiling. That's how low the ceiling was. So there was no going off the top rope. So with this new group, I got a chance. And as a, as a teacher and as a trainer, there's no better way to, to kind of cement your knowledge than to tell, tell people because you're having to walk through it and, and, and you know speak it. So it brought – but it gives me an opportunity now even uh, even this far into my career where there's very little I haven't done as far as the type of style doesn't mean I can do everything, but I can, I can work just about any style just because of the two backgrounds that I have. So let's talk about backgrounds. I know that you grew up uh, Pine Bluff, Arkansas, and you grew up uh, getting world-class in NWA and and a few other styles. Mm -hmm. What was it about the NWA that drew you in uh, just watching that growing up even? What what was it that made you, uh, as you said, a mark for the NWA? It, to me, it was wrestling. And and that's not to say the others won. I mean, you know, in the morning I got, uh, I got Lawler and Dundee and Kamala you know, I got the Memphis wrestling style, which for, for those people that, that are familiar with that and in the business, it's a walk and talk business. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of talking. 
uh, build big angles and then, and then pay them off in the afternoons. I got uh, Atlanta, you know, so I got what's going to become NWA. It's, it's Georgia championship wrestling. It's, it's six Oh five on Saturday afternoon. You know, I mean, it was, it's what I grew up watching. And then at night I got world-class. So I got the Von Erics and the Freebirds and, and all of that. And then you saw in the middle to me, NWA had the best athletes. They had what I considered a, the most legitimate style. And that's not, not taking them away from world-class because those guys killed each other. But it just, it was wrestling to me. And it was the best of the best. I was a huge Mr. Wrestling number two fan. Um, the masked assassins seemed to show up in all three of those. And I was a big, you can tell if there's a theme, I was a big masked wrestler fan. Um, you know, I, I became a four horseman fan, but unlike most people, I was, I'm an Arn Anderson guy. I just thought that's, that's who I want to emulate. That's who I want to wrestle like. Uh, now as a, as a world champion, doesn't get much better than flair, but you had dusty roads. You know, I mean, you had all those guys and that just drew me in. Um, you know, my, 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 the show that I, the live show that I went to was a mid South show that ran, they ran uh, Pine Bluff convention center once or twice a year. And, you know, I can remember a lot of the card, not all of it. It was a, you know, the, the running Jay, what it was a pole, it was a coal miners glo- uh, glove on a pole match. And it was Hacksaw Butch Reed against Hacksaw Jim Duggan, which was, which was great. But the main event was um, Andre the Giant against Ken Patera. And I'd never seen anything like that before, you know, and it, the, there was the, you know, the moment of my, my, not even aha moment, it was angel singing, but it, the finish of, the, of that night and that match was Andre picked up Kim Patera for a body slam for the finish and Kim Patera's feet hit the light above the ring and they just started swinging. And that wasn't something they had planned. It's just, that's how big he was. And I literally was like, Oh my gosh, I have to do this. You know? And I was probably 13, 14, 15 you know, years old. I wasn't that old. Um, but yeah, just, just NWA to me was wrestling. It's all, I mean, it's all different styles and different things, but I just love the NWA and that that's going to carry over now for the next 30 years, you know, of my life. And then what I want to be involved with. So let's talk about how you got involved with the NWA. Uh, how, how did that come about? Well, I think my first, my first, I'm going to use finger quotes. My first NWA experience, I was working <laughs> in Arkansas and I went up in the Hills uh, in, in North central Arkansas. And it, and it was, they were calling themselves at the time NWA mid South. Well, that combined two names that just made my heart flutter. Right. It was not, it was, it was an outlaw show and they, they knew that would draw people. And I went up and worked a match against a guy that I had, that I knew and had trained with a little bit and we had a good match, but it was a, you know, classic indie wrestling. It was a dark high school gym with 70 people in it. And it was not NWA, you know, it wasn't. Uh, I moved to Texas. I started training. I got involved with a lot of good wrestling here and I met a promoter at here. Here we have, um, they called it the Texas shootout, the red bastion shootout for a long time. And it, it's a, it's a get together for wrestlers and people in the wrestling business and promoter came up to me, introduced himself. His name's Robert Langdon. I still work for him today. And he said, uh, he legitimately said, I want you to be my Carrie Von Eric. I had long hair. I had just shaved the mustache. You know, I, 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 I was built pretty good. He wrestles out of Denton, Texas or out of Sherman, Texas, which is up in Denton County. That's where the Von Erics were from. And he goes, I want you on every show I have forever. And I was like, okay, that's, you're saying a lot. Well, the truth is we have, I've been on almost every show he's ever done. If I didn't have an NWA, but he had the NWA Texas and the NWA uh, Oklahoma franchise for that area. And my first match with him, I won the NWA Oklahoma heavyweight championship. And 
you know, it, it has just kind of, it's kind of grown. And it, as I got involved with the organization, I got involved with that old management team. Uh, one of my best friends, James Beard, um, was the talent guy. Bruce Tharp was the owner. And it just, you know, it's like anything else. As you prove yourself, as you are successful, they just make more and more opportunity for you. And that's eventually going to grow into, you know, the world title. So, you know, it, it worked out. Like I said, it worked out pretty well for an NWA guy because I'm a huge NWA fan. You're you're dancing right right along with me, brother. So yeah. let's talk about it. Yeah. How did how did you how did it come about that you're going to be the NWA World Heavyweight Champion, and what did that mean to you? Oh man, uh, I think you know. I just again, I'm honest. I, you know, James Beard had a lot to do with that. I had won the NWA North American, which at that time was the second tier title, which won right underneath the world title uh, twice. Uh, I had lost. Uh, one of those to Jack's Dane in Las Vegas, who had unified two of the titles, national and North American. And Jack's was on, on a pretty, pretty steady course toward that world title. Uh, Rob Conway was the champion at the time. And, you know, it, we, we became part of the, not the management, but the core group of, of guys who were working and representing the NWA. And, you know, I look back now and I kind of giggle because I think I was 50, I was 53 when I won it. And I think a lot, I read later, I didn't even think about this at the time, but I read later that a lot of people saw that was, was kind of my pat on the back. Thank you for all your hard work. It's probably been a short title run, you know, let's give him a month or two and, and say, thank you. Uh, and it didn't work out that way. You know, it, I ended up carrying it for over, over a year. Um, and then making the transition, being the transition guy from one company to the other company, and I, I give I give James Beard a ton of that credit. I mean, he was the guy that would pull me aside. <laughs> and I remember one day he said, "Hey, I, you're the world champion now. I kind of need you to start dressing better." You know, I mean, I because I'm but the guys that know me here in Texas, it was a running joke. I wear flip flops year round, right? So it's either shorts and flip flops, or it's it's sweats and flip flops, you know, and it's, or, or gym pants and flip flops. And James pulled me aside and said, "You're the world champion. You, we need you need to start. You know, you start representing that." So he was able to help me and groom me. And, um, you know, my wrestling never changed much. You know, I said, it hasn't changed now. I never, I make the joke. I never really have done much. It's, you know, I have, I have got like three or four moves. That's what I do. And the rest is just me fighting. But um, I won it at my home court. You know, again, I beat Jack Dane at, at Sherman, Texas for NWA Tech's home. It was my home crowd. Uh, Jax, I, Jax had beaten me, I don't know, three or four different times in four different states for the title. And, you know, I just couldn't seem to get over that hump. And he gave me one last shot in my home court. And it's it's sure, you know, wrestling is really, to me, about emotion and fans and to the fan, how the fans react. And, you know, there was no better place to win that than in front of a packed house at, at NWA Texoma. And during that period where you're the NWA world champion and the NWA is kind of in a transition period, you worked with a lot of people that are, that are uh, quote unquote, huge stars today. Mm-hmm. I've, I've watched some stuff with you in, in CZW. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you're dealing, you're dealing with MJF, you're dealing with Ethan Page. What was it like working with those guys uh, so early on in their career? Well, it, you know, wrestling in general, you know, you never know where guys are going to go. That was an interesting night, at CZW, because that's actually the night that I dropped the, that I lost the title. Um, I'm not sure I've ever told this story, but like I said, I'm a truth teller, so I'll just tell it. Um, that means I'm doing a good job by, yeah, by getting you to say something you ain't said before. Well, the whoever it was, and I honestly don't know, that set up on the C, on the CZW side, 
had pitched it to the guys like they're legitimately going to give somebody a match for the world title. That was never the case. We, you know, we, we knew what was happening, but I find out later that these guys have invested a lot of, they've thought about their promos. They, they know what they're going to be doing because they believe we're going to pick, you know, they're going to pick somebody. Well, that, that was never the case. Um, I felt bad about that later. So when, when MJF comes out and he and I come, we, you know, we, we, we get to cross paths over the next year because he does a lot of Texas shows. He gets involved with inspire pro in, in Austin, Texas a lot. Uh, and I was going down there a lot. So we got, we, we, we kept crossing paths. We, we would work shows in Arizona. I was, I didn't know a lot of those guys at the time. I could tell they had talent uh, without a doubt, but I was also, even then at whatever I was then, 54, 55, I was also the old guy you know, that, that I wasn't getting, I wasn't going to have matches. I wouldn't have a lot of hardcore matches. When I walked into CZW, I got booed just for wearing a suit. Uh, so, I mean, it's just, it was not, it was a whole different atmosphere. And it, and I've been in every atmosphere. It, wasn't, it was a great atmosphere. It was a packed house and they were rabid, but they were not there to see a wrestling match. They, they were there to see somebody do something extreme. Um, but, you know, I got to, fo- I've got to follow MJF's career. Um, Ethan Page, obviously, those guys are so good, so talented and, um, but I, I can't honestly tell you, I sat down and had great conversations and made an impact. I didn't, you know, I, I showed up, we kind of did our thing and, and got out of there pretty quick, but it, you know, great guys, great talent, and they're doing great things. So you talk about kind of the, let's call it for lack of a better term, the confusion on, on how you would eventually lose the title that night. Uh, does that ever kind of, for lack of a better term, kind of bother you to lose it under kind of those circumstances? No, I mean, it, you know, I'll be, I'll, again, when, when I got the information that the NWA had changed ownerships, mm-hmm. my legit first thought was, oh, well, this has been fun. I'm 54 years old. These guys that are coming in have a history with uh, TNA, with a major organization. They're probably pretty quickly going to make a transition to one of the guys that in their mind is younger and better known, and uh, they didn't do that. You know, so – I, we, when you get, when you work with people like that, you build a, an understanding and a trust and a relationship and uh, they set it up very well. You know, I, I, I was injured in a match uh, by Josephus, you know, rest in peace by Joseph and which is going to come into play when I defend or when I lose the title. Um, I think the match itself probably didn't last five, didn't, didn't last five minutes. It was probably a lot quicker than that. And I've heard rumors that part of that was because they cut our time based on the amount of promo time that, that happened up front. I don't know if that's true or not, um, but I trusted those guys, you know, and, and you can't take, especially after what he's done over the last couple of years, you can't take anything away from Nick Aldis. He, he, he is and was a great champion. You know, I, they made a great choice and he carried the company on his back in both the hottest time and then the most difficult time with COVID. So yeah, no hard, no hard feelings. I, again, I, I'm, I still shake my head sometimes about CZW with you know the type of wrestling they have, whether that was the right venue, the right venue to do it in because they didn't want to see wrestling necessarily. But it, but Nick got serious heat. Um, crowd hated him. You know, by the time it, then the short match that it was, I got cheered as I left for for fighting hurt. So still a good story. Uh, you know, it's the way the business works. And I'm I'm still to this day, I don't ask a lot of questions. I show up and I trust what they're trying to do. 
Uh, you mentioned Josephus. Let's talk about him for a moment. Uh, you know, what, unfortunately, he passed away early this year. Uh, what are your memories of him? Oh, we, we, he was an incredibly talented guy, and, and I don't mean necessarily in the ring. Uh, he was involved in, in, in behind the scenes stuff. He, you know, he did editing. He did sound. He was a music guy. He was a music professor at one point. Um, he worked at a school. He was a he was you know at a junior college. He was an incredibly smart guy. Um, you know, and I can say this about myself too. He wasn't the most gifted professional wrestler, but he, had a, he was huge. He had a bit, he had a good look and we did good stuff. We did, you know, we did good business together. We, you know, the stories that we told and a lot of that is how it's, is the, is how they put those things together with the background leading up. We had an empty arena match that I'm still to this day, still feeling right. And I'm not joking. I think it, I think it ruined my neck for life. That ladder, right? Yeah. But that was, my, that's my fault. You know, I'm the one that put the ladder. I didn't, it wasn't the hitting the ladder that got me. It was landing on the second ladder that I had dropped on the floor. And that's my, I, I did that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we told a great story and in a situation where we went into the impact zone before a pay-per-view and did an empty arena match that those guys, I, I had, you know, we got, we got a lot of positive things. I thought the match went really well. I thought the story we told was great. I was very happy with it. So all we Joseph and I had a really we had a good relationship. We had an interesting relationship. We sat in every TV taping, we sat right next to each other. And it was it was a very loving, sarcastic relationship. You know, I mean it was like neither one of us could do anything without the other one kind of, you know, ripping on them a little bit about something. Uh and it was it was fun. Yeah, that that's that's tragic. Um I don't want to get into it. I don't want to get upset. I don't want to get emotional, but you know, he was a loving father. Uh, he was with his mother and his son and you know, he loved his kid. Well, he is no doubt sorely missed. And I just thought since we, since you brought him up, we had to talk about him there a little bit. And, uh, just, uh, I can still hear him now on the first episode of NWA power shout and storm as yeah. loud as he possibly can. And, uh, yeah. Cornette's headset, uh, speaking of that first episode of NWA power, let's talk about that. Uh, of course, you you lost uh, lost a match to Nick Aldis. Where if you lost that match, you would never challenge for the uh, the NWA World Heavyweight Championship again. Now that Nick Aldis is not the world champion, have you given any thought to maybe <laughs> giving it one more go? I've never stopped thinking about giving it one more go. Uh, I think that's the I think that's the downfall to most wrestlers is we all believe oh I got one more good run in me I mean, I've got one more good run in me. Um, yeah, I, you know that I I remember walking into, uh, you know, into Atlanta, and again, go back to my history. I am a six oh five Georgia Championship Wrestling. That's in my blood, and we were, I don't know, a quarter mile from the the studios where it was taped, and I walked down the stairs and saw the blue and gold, you know, with the the studio set up, the small arena, and my heart fluttered. And I, you know, I, and I really at that time, I, I've told this, I, I thought at that time that I was the only one waving the NWA flag for a long time. That's not true, obviously, but I thought I was. And I remember thinking, okay, this is, this is heaven. This is great. Um, got in the locker room and, and, and actually stood there and I watched guys walk down and have the exact same reaction I did. Because a lot of guys, mo- most guys, uh, you know, at, at NWA 73, Rick Flair, uh, 
said that, you know, he made a, he, he said, you know, you know what belt is hanging in uh, Triple H's office is the NWA world title. He said, I sold it to him because that's the belt that he grew up wanting. He grew up watching. Most of us grew up watching and being loving the NWA. And as I sat there in the locker room and as I watched guys come down those steps, they all had a lot of them and the women had the same reaction that I did. You know, it, it was a, this is, this is going to be good. And I'll tell you that I'm sure other organizations would say this, but you can't beat our locker room. I mean, I, I sit there and, and every, every TV taping, somebody new shows up and I keep thinking, Holy crap. I, I do. I even, should I even be I, that, the other day I was sitting in commentary going, this is why I'm doing commentary. These guys are that good. I can't, these guys are amazing. But the deal is it's like, we, we all, we, we're all pulling for each other. There's no backbiting. There's nobody that, that it's like, and I won't give names, but I, I could off the top of my head name four guys that were with a, with a major company who had, who felt like they were done with wrestling, who came into our locker room and fell in love and they're loving wrestling again, because that's how good our locker room is. It's, it's, we just, we get along, we joke with each other and we're not, we're not, we're taking shots at each other the whole time and having a blast, but we are supportive and we all have that passion to be successful and want, and want the NWA to work. And it is, I think that's part of the reason we're successful. What's your, what's your relationship like with uh, Billy Corgan? It's good. I mean, you know, Billy's got, uh, I had to, I had to build a trust with Billy in the beginning when they did the 10 pounds of gold, which was kind of what introduced the world to, to the world to Tim storm, Texas, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Louisiana, you know, parts of Mississippi, they, they were, they were very, very familiar. Cause that's, that was my turf. That's where I wrestled all the time, but across the world and in most of the United States, nobody ever heard of me. Uh, you know, I was, you know, the, the, whatever I was to them. I have to be frank with you. That's how I discovered you. Was and that's, well, that's 99% of the people. I mean, the people who knew me, the people who knew me loved me, but you know, this is Daisy. The people who knew me loved me. Great um, to meet you, Daisy. Boy, she's beautiful. There's two of them. The, the sisters looks just like her. So, oh, man. Uh, sorry, you got to run in on the interview. Oh, but I don't care. It's all good. It's going to help my viewership. The uh, We had to build a trust to for me to open my life up. You know what I'm saying? It was, I know, it's a cuteness overload, isn't it? She's, yeah. <laughs> she's, she's a sweetheart. But She's gorgeous. Yeah, they, they uh, you know, they wanted me to basically show the world who I was and growing up as an old school wrestler, you didn't do that. You know, you didn't let you did. You kept your family out of it for a couple of reasons, you know, whether in case you were running and making a hill run, you didn't want them taking it out on, on your family. Um, I didn't want anybody to know I was a teacher because, you know, wrestlers are showing up in limos, making millions of dollars. They're not school teachers. And, you know, I, I really didn't want anybody to know how old I was. You know, I, I take pride in, I, I want to be professional and I want to have, I want to show people when I walk in the ring, I joke now that my, I make my money from the curtain to the ring because I still look like a wrestler. When I get in there, I can't do half of what I used to be able to do. Right. But so Billy and I had to, I, I, we had to build a trust and he had to figure out if he could put his trust in me as a champion. Right. I mean, um, I think he would tell you that everything they've ever asked me to do, I've, I've, to use my term for them, I've exceeded expectations on it, whatever that was. But, you know, we have a good relationship. We don't talk weekly or monthly, you know, I mean, we, we, we do business and he, you know, he, but you know, here's, here's my thing about William Patrick Corgan is the man came out of a bad situation in impact. 
you know, at the TNA. And in most people, they would walk away from wrestling with that bad experience and, and say, okay, I'm getting my money back and I'm done. And he dove right back in. And the reason he did that is because he loves professional wrestling. He's passionate about it. And what he bought when he bought the NWA was those three letters. That's it. He didn't buy equipment. He didn't buy a ring. He didn't buy a TV contract. He didn't buy a talent list. He bought the three letters because he knew what they meant, and they meant that to him. And I think that shows up in how he, how he does everything. He, he loves wrestling. He's passionate about it. He's super creative. He's very involved. You know, I mean, he in most cases, he's standing at the curtain, or he's if I'm doing commentary, he's in my ears. On, you know, I hear him on commentary. So it's, he's very involved. Let's talk about you doing commentary because uh, here's a story about me. I, I'm a, an aspiring broadcaster. I just graduated high media school. I'm an aspiring broadcaster. I have cerebral palsy, so obviously I can't get in there and bump. Uh, right. Lord above to. Yeah, I can't either. I can't either. <laughs> well, you can do a whole lot better than me, brother. I can guarantee it. So, but I, but so I'm an aspiring broadcaster. So, how'd that come about for you? Obviously, you've been doing a lot of commentary since coming back from the pandemic. How how'd you get that offer, and do you enjoy it? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I do enjoy it actually. It's here's kind of how it happened. Um, I have, you know, Billy and I have talked a lot about, okay, what are you going to do when, when the wrestling's over? And, and I, you know, he's told me you're, you're you'll have a place here. What do you want to do? And, and broadcasting was not one of those things that I had on my list. Uh, what it was the first pay-per-view back, I'm drawing a blank, but it was the first pay-per-view back from COVID. And here's what I was told going in to uh, the TV tapings into the pay-per-view. We don't have a, you, you don't have a match on the pay-per-view. We've got, we're, you know, we've got a, we've got an angle. We're going to be running on TV with you. Um, we'll probably bring a suit. We'll probably have you do commentary, a, a couple of, of matches. No problem. I'm, I am, I don't put too much thought into anything. And what I mean is, is like, I don't stress over it. What you see is what you get. Right. So it's not like I have done a hundred hours of preparation when I sit down to do color commentary. I haven't, I just sit down and go. And Joe Galley is our, he's a master. He, he steers the ship. He walks up to me. I've got my suit on uh, for the pay-per-view and he goes, um, so I hear you're doing paper, you're doing color on the com- on commentary tonight for the pay-per-view. And I went, yeah, a couple of matches. I don't know which one. He goes, no, you're doing color commentary. I went, I know. I just don't know which matches. And he goes, no, you're doing color commentary on the pay-per-view. And I went, what? He goes, yeah, you're the color commentary. It's me and you. It's a two-man crew. We're doing color. So now I go from I'm doing a couple of matches to, okay, my first time is going to be on a live pay-per-view and you know, no preparation, which is fine. Cause I probably wouldn't have done a lot anyway. And I, at one point, uh, Pat Kenny walked up and he goes, well, I just got to ask you, are you nervous about the paper? You're about doing commentary. I went, no, am I supposed to be? I don't, <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Um, so I went out and did my best, which is all I can do. And uh, they immediately started booking me out of all the angles because I just had just become a color commentator because they liked what I did. I am my worst critic in every way. Doesn't matter if I'm wrestling or if I'm commentating, I watch it or I listen and I try to get better, but I tear myself apart. I'm like, Oh man, why'd you say that? Or what were you thinking? Or why are you hesitating? Um, it's just like wrestling. I go out and I do whatever I can do with the best of my ability. And, and if people like it, then 
that's a really good thing because that's all I can do. Right. And that's how I, I love, I like commentating. Um, I have told a couple of people and I'll tell you, it's like, you, you can't win with me. If, if they say, Hey, we've got a match for you on, on this next show. Then my first thought is, Oh, what? You don't want me commentating. You don't think I'm a good enough commentator. You know, that's what I, I don't say that, but that's what I'm thinking. If they say we got you commentating, we don't have a match for you. My first thought is, Oh, I can't wrestle. Is that what you're saying? I'm not good enough. to. Okay. So it's like, I want to do both. And they have done a great job without me asking of finding a way to keep me involved in both, um, which is pretty funny backstage if you see what I'm doing. Because, you know, at, the, at, at, at NWA 73, they did the opening. I had the opening match, which when they told me it was a brawl in the loo, it, okay, I never in my wildest imagination did I think, oh, it's a, it's an anything goes street fight hardcore because that is that's what I make fun of to be honest with you. It's like okay, that's what, so that so we went out and and tore it up, killed each other, did some stupid things. I went back and had one match to try to stop sweating, change clothes, put on a tie, and walk out and do commentary for the rest of the pay per view. It was fantastic. I wouldn't want to do it any other way, but to see me back there, cause I, once I start sweating, I'll sweat for three days. So it, so anyway, it's, it, they've done a great job of not to make me happy, but I think to feel, to feel what they needed and to get to work the opening match to be the first guy out of the curtain for the NWA 73 pay-per-view at the chase ballroom in St. Louis for our, to me, that's a huge honor. Um, you know, if I were writing my own script, couldn't write it any better. And, and to, to win the match, who knew, who knew, you know, I, I didn't book that. I probably wouldn't, I wouldn't have booked it that way. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a big deal. It's a good, it's a bit, it's a good deal for me. Well, let's, let's talk about what did that mean to you for NWA 73 back in that historic uh, chase park plaza, the chase ballroom. And then on top of that, uh, the legendary nature boy, Rick Flair makes his illustrious return to the NWA. Uh, that all panned out with his contract and everything of that nature. So what did that, what did that all mean to you? Well, it, it was the whole week. It was a four day weekend for us. Uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday was phenomenal. It was, uh, it was incredible. Mickey, we did our, we did our first all women's pay-per-view. Um, Mickey James was executive producer and I did semi main event commentary and main event color commentary. And we set the wrestlers, the way, the, the way there really wasn't a locker room. I mean, there was a place to change, but if you, but there was no monitor, if you wanted to watch it, you basically had to be out on the outskirts of the crowd to watch. And it was a standing room only amongst the wrestlers. We were all out watching, enjoying it. I went, I went and did the, the color commentary and I told, uh, you know, you have this, you, you end up with your guys, you know, and, and I have my guys that I hang out with. And, you know, I remember telling them afterwards, I, I said, man, that's, that's going to be hard to beat. You know, we're going to have to work really hard to beat in power. They put on an incredible show. Those women. And, and other than May, I don't know. I, I don't, I guess, I guess Ric Flair showing up and, and people knew he was going to be there. That, that probably was, was pop of the weekend or the, of the show. But I tell you what, the, the, they kayfabed everybody on the whole awesome Kong appearance. And I'm sitting there with the guys and I won't name names because I don't, I don't want to, you know, but the guys who have wrestled for every organization and we're standing there watching when that music hit and we were little kids, you know, I mean, there were guys going crazy and that was a big moment. 
Empower was incredible. 37 years since wrestling had been at the Chase Ballroom. The Chase in St. Louis was, and I've gone back and researched this stuff. I, 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 I'm a history teacher, but I'm a wrestling historian. I don't, what I know about American history is what I teach. That's it. Okay. So, but I'm a wrestling historian. The, the history of that organ of that place. If you were anybody in wrestling, you came through St. Louis. And I mean, before you were anybody, because you go back and look and, and guys like the guys you named that are going to become future world champions came through St. Louis to make their name. You wanted to wrestle in St. Louis. Okay. So we have to follow in power, which was a killer show top to bottom. Every match was great. And we're the opening match. Well, for me personally, again, I, I, I don't ask questions, which is probably my fault. I probably should just ask more questions. I show up and legitimately I'm like, here, I've, I've worked hard. I've dieted down. I've got, you know, I know what trunks I'm going to wear. I got new boots. I'm really excited about breaking out new gear. And they're like, okay, well, the bra and the loo, here's what we're thinking. I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? What are you? <laughs> okay. So this isn't, so, okay. So, uh, it, you know, I don't want to say it checked a box. It's kind of like the world title. I never put that on my list of, because I didn't think it was possible. We're going to be the, we're going to be the first organization back in, 37 years into what was the soul of the NWA, Harley Race, Ric Flair. I was on a show three weeks ago with Jerry Briscoe, and he he didn't even he doesn't follow up, you know, he doesn't follow what we've been doing. He's telling stories about he and Flair going into St. Louis and what they were doing after and how much money. Uh, I, I don't have a clue if we if we beat the Empower show or not, but it was a great show, uh, top to bottom. Nick and Trevor tore it up. I know that our opening match was going to be hard to follow. I probably wouldn't have booked a, that that kind of match to start a show, but they knew exactly what they were doing to get the people on their feet. Uh, I've watched it a couple times. I'm really happy with what the product we put out there. I'm proud to be a part of it. Uh, and I, I, you certainly should be, because uh, I'm proud to be a fan of it. Uh, I'm just 26, so I missed all the glory days, but thanks to the network and now to Peacock, I have studied and studied and studied, and the NWA is what I've grown to grown to absolutely admire and adore. So I'm, I'm learning I'm learning to be a historian like you, but let's talk about you're an actual historian in some ways. You're a teacher. How do you balance that? Uh, you know, you're, you're an NWA commentator, you're an NWA former world champion, and, of course, you're a teacher. How do you balance that? I, you know, it's just life. You know, I, you know, if, if I were, if I, in my perfect world, um, well, this is going to sound terrible. My perfect world, I would just be wrestling all the time. I, you know, the teaching thing is uh, the wrestling for me has had, you know, peaks and valleys and ups and downs. It's been a roller coaster. Um, teaching's teaching has its challenges without a doubt. Uh, I teach eighth grade U S history. So I've got 12 and 13 year old kids, which is a challenging age. Um, emotionally and physically and, you know, all of those things, but it's what pays the bills all the time, you know, and as far as a job is concerned and no job to me, at least maybe wrestling is perfect, but um, I get summers off. I get two weeks for Christmas. I get a week for Thanksgiving. I'm, I'm done every day at four o'clock. So I can go to the gym every weekend. I know I don't have to work. So it's a good job period, but it's a really good job to be able to wrestle. You know, now it's it, the challenge for me is I only get five days off a year. Uh, so how am I, how do I balance my TV tapings on Monday and Tuesday? 
again, I'm always truthful. So when they say Tim, Tim, Tim Storm is on assignment, it probably means I had to go back to be teaching the next day and miss and couldn't stay for that, for that taping. So there's the, there's the break, the, 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 what the wall, the third wall, but uh, I got a job and sometimes I just got to back. I'm not alone. I'm not the only one, but it, that stinks because I, I don't want to miss anything. I want to be at every taping and do everything. Did that become even more complicated when you were the world champion? It was a, uh, it was a different time to be honest. You know, I traveled every weekend and the, the way that uh, the original, the, the, the former was set up, there was anywhere, depending on the year, there were up to 50 plus promotions that, that were paying to be an affiliate of the NWA and their commitment and not all of them kept it, but their commitment was that they would get, they would bring in the world champion at least once. Well, if you're a world champion, there's 50 bookings right there. Right. Uh, and one other champion once a year. Not all of them did that, but I stayed really busy. But that's also, there are small promotions throughout the United States. I think there was one in Australia. There were, I mean, there's a lot of different ones, but, you know, they run shows on weekends. I can do that. Um, going to Japan for a week, I took my five days and I went to Japan and defended the world title. You know, I mean, it, you work it out. Uh, and luckily for me, the, my principal is, is not a wrestling fan, but supportive in my, what I want to do and wants me to be able to do what I want to do. So they work with me as best they can. Uh, that that's incredible. Uh, let's talk a little bit more at, at this stage of your career. Uh, you know, how are you feeling physically? Do you see the end of the road? Are you wanting to go forever like uh, Terry Funk? Uh, or you know, where do you where do you stand on that? I laugh at all of those things because I think about those all the time. Uh, I'm going to be careful how I answer the physical part. I think every wrestler out there understands constant pain. It's just the way it is. And it just depends on, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm older, but I'm smarter. So I'm always figuring out what I'm working, what pain I'm working around when I go into the gym, uh, because you have to go and you have to prepare. My job is to be a professional and I need to look like a professional athlete when I step in the ring. And that takes a lot of hard work and dedication. Um, for all of us, again, I'm being really careful for all of us, the pain never stops. It's there all the time. It's just a battle that you have to fight. In a perfect world, my body will continue to hold up to a level where I can go out there and compete, um, and I would do this forever. That's not the reality, you know. I have told, I, I've always said it's funny you mentioned Terry Funk because I remember seeing Terry Funk in uh, ECW do the backflip off whatever, and I remember at the time being amazed that a guy that age could still do that, but also thinking he's probably too old to be in the ring. And I am probably three or four years older than him when he did that right now. Right. So I have to be careful with that. Mm -hmm. I never want to go out there and embarrass myself or embarrass the business. And right now I'm not doing that. Uh, I don't want to be the guy that stayed too long. And, you know, it's just going out there to, to cash a check. I've never been that guy. I have a couple of people that I trust that I think will, that I've asked and I, that I tell them all the time, you know, watch my match, tell me what you think. If I get to that point, then I want to be done. Okay, I will be done whether I want to be or not. Again, in a perfect world, I'll go forever and represent myself and the product well and the NWA well. You know, the reality is your body stops at some point. Um, I said, let's see. I think I started saying 15 years ago, I'm getting close to the end. I got to make every, every match count now. That's been 15 years, and I'm still trying to make every match count. You know, so – you know, still going, 
no, no plan yet on when that, when that'll end. I think my body will tell me I'll either just not be able to anymore or somebody will go, dude, seriously, you gotta, you gotta stop doing that. So it's just, I'm either willing to pay the price on the pain or I'm not. And right now I'm, oh yeah, I'm very willing. Well, uh, and, and this may be unprofessional to some, but as a fan, I hope you go for a long, long time because you're, 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 I appreciate that. you're an inspiration, my friend. And it's, and to, to watch you and, and does that mean anything to you? Uh, do you, do you keep that in mind that you're, you're kind of going for all the older guys that they either say you can't do it anymore or for people like me that never could do it. Does that mean anything to you? It does mean something to me. I, I'm not, I'm not going to stretch it and say, when I go out there, I'm going out there for all those. I'm not, I, and I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm very focused. It's like, I've been doing this a long time and there's, that's my happy place being in the ring, doing what I love to do. There's just not a better feeling. And, and there's not a, there's not a word other than addiction that I can give for people that don't understand. It's, it's an addiction to be in the ring in front of a, like a NWA 73. There was a spot where I had rolled. First off, I, I pulled the ref and people started chanting. He's alive. He's alive. And, and, and in a, you know, you don't see any reaction out of me. You don't see a reaction on my face. And I rolled in the ring and uh, Crimson and I had a, an exchange that the, you could, I could feel the crowd. That's what you live for. You know, it's an exchange of forearms where we're just, just destroying each other. And the crowd is ex- responding to every one of them. And I go back and watch that and everybody's still on their feet and we're eight minutes into the match that's an addiction and it, there's just not a better feeling. Um, so to answer your question, I, I get that sometimes where, and I'm, if I can inspire anybody, that's a, that's very, that's a compliment to me. But when I'm out there, that's not what I'm thinking. When I'm out there is I'm listening to the crowd. I'm responding to that. And to be honest, trying to remember, you know, I'm not a perfectionist, but I want to do well. So I have a list of things in my head that I need to not do you know, that I need to make sure I'm crisp, that I'm laying, that I'm, you know, so thank you for saying that, but I'm, I'm trying to survive, look decent and and not embarrass myself and win a match when I'm out there. And, you know, that so far, so good after 30, no, 26 years of wrestling so far, so good, but we'll, we'll see how long it lasts. It could go away tomorrow. Well, personally, I hope you do hit that 30 year mark. <laughs> personally, I hope that you do. Uh, let's uh, only a few more minutes of your time, if you don't mind. Oh, no, uh, no worries. And uh, let's talk real quick about I, I didn't get a chance when we talked about Billy to talk about the pandemic. What was that like for you and the uncertainty? You talk about how much you love the NWA, how honored you are to represent that brand. And I don't know if any major company uh, quite like the NWA was in peril for as long as they were during the pandemic, what was that like for you? Uh, You know, I was dealing with online teaching too, which I am, you and I had this discussion while I was trying to figure out how to get the volume to work on the zoom meeting. So it's, you know, on the, on the the computer technology is not my strong point. Um, I had a lot of challenges during that. The first thing I did when I even sniffed that we were shutting down was I ordered an exercise bike and I, did, you know, started doing cardio at home. The gym closed, uh, from a wrestling standpoint, I was able, there was about two or three months where there wasn't anything going on, but Texas is a hotbed for wrestling and people were trying to run shows, even if it was not in front of a crowd that, you know, they were, they were doing live streams and those kind of things. So I was able to get my wrestling, my wrestling fix and 
at this point, I can't afford to take two or three months off because ring rust is a very real thing. You lose your timing, you lose your, you know, some of your thought process. Um, as far as the NWA is concerned, you know, Billy was ahead of the game on the shutdown. And I, I didn't, I didn't like it because I wanted to be doing shows and all those kind of things. But Billy from the very beginning was like, okay, we're going to do what's best for the crowd. What's best for the talent. What's best for us. And he saw it coming and shut it down. Uh, He also saw when it was time to come back. You know, I don't think if I say that Billy is uh, not just a musical genius, but he's an incredibly smart guy. I don't think that's going to surprise anybody. Right. So um, we are a family and I've made some incredible friends. Uh, with the NWA and the NWA locker room. We're not getting to hang out with family is, is no fun, right? So it was, it was, we were ready to come back. We were ready to get things rolling. I think we did our first couple, we did our first TV tapings and our first pay-per-view with not a crowd. They had let media people in, they had let some family members in. So it was not that there was nobody there, but there's nothing like I said before, there's nothing like working in front of a, a crowd and, uh, we just did what eight TVs plus a bunch of other stuff and two pay-per-views in St. Louis. It was great. We did our first year in Atlanta and the Atlanta audience was part of the show. You know, I, it's such a close intimate setting and they are rabid fans who love the NWA. Uh, you know, we're back there on the, on the next full set of TV tapings and it'll be good to get back there too. St. Louis was great. Uh, Atlanta, again, you can't, I can't even say 605 in Atlanta. I mean, that just that rolls for me. So uh, it'll be good to get back to those guys. I, we're in, not this weekend, but next weekend, we're actually in Oak Grove, Kentucky, um, by any means necessary. And, you know, I know that crowd's going to be great too. See, you're, you're a little ahead of me. I was about to start <laughs> to that. I was going to say, let's get to why, why we're even having this conversation by any means necessary. Uh, fun fact, I will be there. I'm making, oh, good. The, tra- I'm, I'm making the trek from Columbus, Ohio, my fiance right. and I. And because uh, I said, look, I, I never thought I'd get the chance to see the NWA brand on any level. And so this is I I talked her into it, you know, gave her the old arm bar. OK, and, uh, don't be and, too uh, stiff. Be nice. I, we did the best we could. We came okay. to a nice compromise, okay. which is okay. she's driving. OK, uh, so. <laughs> um, so what can fans expect from by any means necessary? Your match hasn't been announced yet. Uh, I don't know. And I'm not even joking with you. I don't know who I'm wrestling. Um, I know that I know that Trevor Murdoch is going to be there. Our world, our men's world champion. I know that I know that Camille's going to be there, the women's world champion. Um, I know that recently Tom Latterman and I have a little bit of a history going. Tom will be there. I know that Jack State and Crimson are going to be there, and they've got um, something to settle. You know, yeah, that'll be what that noise right there. That'll be them, and that's still cage. Uh, it, it'll be a lot deeper, a lot meaner, and there'll be blood. Yeah. <laughs> There's two of them, and they're getting excited about the by any means necessary. But uh, I'm ready to go too. It, Let's go. It, I'll, I will be. This is just the way it works, and this isn't even me promoting the product. We have such. A, I know. I'm a big fan of of Pope. Right. I. I it, our our talent roster is so good and it's so deep. There's not, there's not somebody that you look on the card and go, okay, that match is questionable. It doesn't exist for us. Um, it's a situation where from a competitive standpoint, we're all sitting in the back looking around going, all right, what am I going to have to do to beat this one? You know, and, and 
it, we're a team as far as you want to put together the show or there should be a flow of the show, but you've got a bunch of men and women who take a ton of pride in what they do. And they're going to go out there and try to knock it out of the park on every match. So what can you expect? Uh, I heard Trevor, Trevor Murdoch on last night's show quote something that we talk about a lot. Trevor and I have become really good friends prior to all of this, but um, he said the, the NWA and I'm quoting uh, is full of grown ass men and women who will, will knock the crap out of each other. And that's what we do. It, we, we pride ourselves on being as, as, as real as you can get. And it's one of those situations and I'm not knocking any other company, but if you walk into an NWA locker room, there's not a guy in there that you wouldn't go to war with and go, you know, go, go to a, go to a fight with, because there are some real men and women in there. So what can you expect? You can expect a great show. You can expect it to be physical. Uh, you can expect it to be entertaining and you can expect somebody to probably get knocked out. So that's just the way it is. Look, I, I'm thrilled that you're going to be on the card. I, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bucket list for me to, to be able to see you in person because uh, because uh, ever since NWA Power, you've been a guy I've kept my eye on, and I'm like, i got to see this guy. And so to me, for me, and I, do you still have this moment? I know I'm going to get emotional when I see that NWA ring because I've fallen in love with with the, the history, the legacy, the tradition, Cue up your 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 famous Ric Flair promo or your Harley Race promo, and you know what I'm talking about. Do you still have that moment where you go, "I'm wrestling in an NWA ring"? Absolutely. I, it's it, it. Part of it is just my natural. I want to be involved in everything, but you know, it legit it hurts my feelings if, and I don't mean like I'm you know, but I can, like right now. I watched last night's episode. I'm not on last night's episode because I was back. I was on a flight to get home to teach. That hurts my feelings. I want to be in the NWA locker room. I want to be on TV. I want to be at the, at the commentator's table. I want to be involved. It's still a rush for me. And I wrestle all over. I, I mean, I, I'll, I'll be in right on the Texas-Oklahoma border this Friday. I'll be in Mississippi on Saturday. I'll be in Nashville and then Kentucky next weekend. Um, but every promoter I work for knows that NWA is my priority. And I tell them on every booking, hey, listen – Yes, I can. I'll, I'll, my date is open for that. But at the end of, if something comes up with the NWA, that's my priority and that's where I have to be. And I, that's part of my agreement with every promoter I work for. And they know that. Um, that's home. Um, do you, what goals do you have left uh, as far as your in ring career, out of, your, out, out of the ring? What goals do you have left? What drives you? Man. What's your dream? <sighs> My dream would be one more run with the NWA world's title. That's, that's just being truthful. Uh, I think that's incredibly highly unlikely. You know, I, I think, I think between age and commentating and physical and all those kind of things. Um, but I don't think you ever lose that dream. It's, 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 it's a real challenge. I've said on a couple of things that I think one of the challenges Nick has had on this last deal as after draw, after losing the title, it's, you have to identify who you are now once you're not the world champion. I, one of my things that I tell people all the time is one of my least favorite words is former because that's who I am now. I am a former and that's not, that's not an insult to anybody, but I, I wish that word former wasn't there. I wish I were the NWA world's heavyweight champion. Um, Trevor on, on the show last night made the comment that he understands there's a target on his back 
and that every single man in the locker room wants what he has. Guess what? Put me on the list. I love Trevor to death. He's a great friend. We're, we'll go to dinner in Nashville this weekend. Absolutely. I would love to, to, to wrestle him for the world title. Um, Nick made a comment that I, that puts me over cause I don't like putting myself over. He said, I was a victim of my own brilliance on commentary that, that I don't know what, I don't know where it was going, but uh, I am now a commentator who wrestles instead of a wrestler who commentates. And that's, that's at, at the show in Kentucky. I don't know this. It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if I wrestle and commentate. We'll see. And I hope that, and it'd be truthful. I hope that's the case. Cause I wanted to be, I wanted to be a part of everything. I'm just that greedy. So uh, that's what drives me. I, I just want to keep going. Well, currently those those sweet sweet graphics the NWA and Tried and True Pro are making uh, just say Tim Storm in action. So yeah. I, I have no idea what you what you're doing yet, but I can't wait to see it. You you think I'm joking? I don't know either. I don't know either. I'll be in action. I don't have no, I have no clue what I'm doing. Look, I'm just I'm just going to be thrilled to be there. Uh, I hope I get to shake your hand and just say Absolutely. hey. Thanks, we'll make that happen. Uh, I, I hope so. All right, so a few more questions, and I'm going to let you go, or maybe we can have a post-interview chat. We'll see. Absolutely. Uh, um, so do you think the NWA is going to do more of these events, more touring? Because one of the things that uh, I'll bring into my household a little bit, one of the reasons I had to convince my fiance is she said, well, what if they come closer? I was like, well, this is like their first live event in ages that isn't that is anywhere near my ballpark of Columbus, Ohio. Do you expect more live events for the NWA? Uh, can she hear me? No. Okay. Um, I, okay. I don't know, but I know that I think the master plan at one point was that we would almost set up a territory system again. Um, we're tried and true might have a territory where maybe, and I, again, I'm making this up or maybe, maybe I have a, a, a promotion here and we run those, those sections of the country. That's not happening right now. Um, there's no plan, hard, concrete plan for that, but I truly hope we start running shows. Um, now what it is, and, and part of this is the way the dates fell. I believe this will show up on fight TV as a TV taping. That's what I believe. And that's why I think I might be doing commentary. Um, if we were our next TV taping would have fallen on Thanksgiving week and you know, we want to be with our families and they want us to be with our families. So, uh, I, I don't know. I hope we start running all the time and I hope I get to wrestle on all of them, which is unlikely, but you know, but I, I think at this point we need to like, I think you did the right thing. I think go to the ones that are happening because nothing's guaranteed right now. Um, I know the next TV taping. I know, I know by any means necessary. And I know when the next TV tapings after that, I know nothing. Well, uh, look, Hey, I won that battle. I got the tickets. I'm there. So I won, but I just wanted to ask that question because I do hope that you guys come to the Ohio area again. And I, I, you know, I want to see it be a viable just because it's to me, it's the greatest brand pro wrestling will ever know. Now there's sports entertainment. There's WWE. God bless Vincent man. All he does, whatever that's he he himself would tell you. That's not pro wrestling. That's sports entertainment. It's a different, it's Walt Disney. He's the Walt Disney of our genre. But there's nothing like the NWA. And so for me to to get the chance, and I know that thousands, if not millions of fans feel this way, to see that brand on any level means so much. Like I said, I'm going to be emotional when I see that ring (laughs) because it is, to me, 
And, uh, you know, I know there's a there's a stable called the Pinnacle in AEW, but the pinnacle of the business as far as pro wrestling is concerned is the NWA. And I feel that way, too, obviously. Uh, I've had other opportunities. This is where I want to be. I, this is a great time to be a wrestling fan again. And the last time I said that COVID hit and it took it away from us. So I don't want to jinx it. But it's there's a lot of opportunities out there, not just for fans, but for wrestlers too, to go out and do what we love to do and, and try to make a name for yourself. Uh, we don't try to be anybody else. You know, we know what we are. We know, we know what our, not necessarily what our market is, but we know what our niche is. Mm-hmm. We are professional wrestling. Um, we try to have a really good balance bef- between old school, but with athleticism and, and a little bit of tweak of new school in there. And, and we know that that's what we do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Hey, you're, you're a testament to that. What we do can work because there are fans that like what we do. And that's, I think that's what we can ask at this point. You know, we just, we're just, we just want to offer that to the people out there that, that are interested in that. And there, there are a lot of people that love it. Well, do you think that the brand can be, cause I personally do. Do you think that the brand can get back to where it once was? Obviously it isn't in that historic place right now to a lot of people. It is to me, it right. is to a lot of niche folks. I'm talking about it over the grand scheme. There's still a lot of people that scoff about the current version of NWA. Uh, sure. what, what are your, what do you say to those people? And can it get back to that, that historic place it once was? Cause I think it can, the talent's there. I, I hope that it can. I think that the, the wrestling business has changed quite a bit since then. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we have already made a name for ourselves as an option. Um, you know, we, we intentionally market ourselves and we, we put ourselves in a situation to be a studio show. I think that, you know, uh, at the chase at NWA 70, that building held probably three times the numbers that our studio show ha- has. And it sold out, you know, that we could go bigger, but that's not what our market, that's not what our niche has been. Um, we want to be that studio show. Now, personally, there's, you know, I've had the opportunity to work in front of 25,000 people. There's a different feeling. That's a good feeling, but we know what our market is. We know what our niche is. And, and, and like you said, some people don't like it. It's like, I, it's like when I tell my friends at school, my teachers, when they say, Hey, we want to come to a show. My whole thing is, hey, listen, wrestling's not for everybody. It's okay. NWA might not be the brand for everybody, but we want to offer it as a as a as not an alternative, as an option, because it's more than just an option. It is it is very very good. Um, I'm proud of what we do. I'm proud to be a part of it. And you absolutely should be, and I'm proud to be a fan of it because um, I think it's wrestling presented as it should be. I watch every product, WWE, AEW, but but as far as what I like the most, and I and I'm a bit of a I'm a bit of a uh, you know an odd combination. I I have a great appreciation for Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair, and sure. they couldn't be more oil and water in terms of their style of what made them icons. Yeah. But it, but in terms of I, what I love about the NWA is they still present it like a sport because to me i can still hear rick flair say the sport of professional wrestling Absolutely. Maybe that's what it is yeah. uh I, I know that vince would disagree but but that's what i i admire so much about the nwa right. and uh just just a few more just a few more questions Good, like two like two to three more uh what's something that most people don't know about you that you'd like them to you know what's something that most people don't know you're obviously you're a history teacher you're a you're an NWA world champion, but, but what's something my, my, my sixth grandchild was just born. That's pretty cool. 
that's something that most people don't know. So, um, you know, I'm a pretty transparent guy. You know, I Mm -hmm. teach, I go to the gym, I wrestle. I love my family. And, you know, I'm, that's pretty much it. I, that's what most people don't know is I just had my sixth grandchild. I didn't have anything to do with that, by the way, but I may get the chance to visit them and get to see her for the first time. She was just born two weeks ago uh, in Nashville on my way to Kentucky. So looking forward to that. <laughs> and uh, I got to ask before I let you go, how's Mama Storm doing? Mama Storm is good. She's 96. She'll be 97 in a few months. Uh, for the first time ever, I will say she's starting to show her age a little bit. Uh, but at 96, she keeps saying, well, you know, I'm almost 100, which is true, you know, but uh, she's for, for 96, 97, she's doing really well. You know, it's uh, I, I, I say this all the time. I'm going to value every holiday and every time I get to spend with her because, uh, you know, she may outlive all of us, to be honest, because that's she's she's still incredibly healthy. But uh, starting to show her age a little bit. So she's doing well. Thank you for asking. She's still the sweetest woman in the world. Absolutely. Of course, uh, the Mama Storm uh, took off T-shirts and anything else. What was that like for you? Uh, Surprising. You know, it wasn't one of those things like I tell people. It's not one of those things where I said, hey, watch this. Everybody's going to pop for this. That was that was my ode to ode to Dusty Rhodes. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, he was he always talked about mama, you know, mama's boy. And I Mm -hmm. when I threw that out there on the first episode, I didn't even hesitate because I thought that one nobody was going to notice. And it turned into what it turned into. I have, I have very intentionally um, not made those, not not taking it down that road on, on the NWA anywhere. It still comes up every now and then, but uh, you know, at 96, 97, we value every moment we have. And that's something I would never take advantage of. If, if mom wasn't doing good, I wouldn't play on that sympathy. So, um, you know, she never got it. She, I, I would say, mom, you trended number one on Twitter last night. Well, what's Twitter, you know, or, or mom, you know, it's, I play it for her. I say, listen, everybody's chanting your name. Well, isn't that sweet? You know, but she doesn't get it. She, she doesn't, she didn't realize that there were what, uh, 250,000 viewers on the first episode of NWA power, you know, it, that, that people were chanting and knew who she was never. She was like, well, that's, that's that I'm so proud of you. That's cause that's who she is. You know, she's, she's wonderful. Well, I'm so glad to hear that she's doing well. I was, that's one of the things I was trying to do research for in this interview. And I couldn't obviously for right reasons, I could not find a whole lot. And I was like, well, I'll just have to awkwardly ask. I hope that she's doing well. No, uh, she, she's, uh, she's doing for 96, almost 97. She's doing fantastic. So, well, I, I, I hope that you have her bloodlines, my friend. Uh, uh, that's for sure. We'll see. I've, I have <laughs> been brutally mean to myself between college football and professional wrestling. I've, I've chosen, I and it's not funny, but I've chosen two of the, two of the lowest life expectancies and, and combine those, uh, you know, but I seem to be doing okay for, well, like my mom would say, I'm almost a hundred now. So I'm doing okay for almost a hundred. So it's, it's okay. I'm doing well, all right. Well, there's an exception to every rule. So don't give up on that dream of being a, a two-time NWA <laughs> world heavyweight champion. Don't give up on it. You know, why not a TV title run? Hard times two is coming up in December. Why not? You know, there was a time when I was thinking when, right at when it started, I was like, I don't think I want to hold any other title because none of them, you know, that's all changed. Yeah, they're all NWA titles and they all mean something and they all mean something to me. So, Hey, any of those are, are prominent titles to me because it has the name NWA on it. And I'm, and I'm up for any of those. 
All right. Well, Tim, I got to ask you, and this is it. Is there anything you want to plug? Is there a place we can buy your merch? Anything you want to talk about? This, you have the floor. No, it's, it's for anybody out there. It is by any means necessary. Uh, in less than two weeks in Oak Grove, Kentucky, tickets are on sale. Uh, go to the NWA site, go to TL, uh, NWA TIX. You can get your tickets there. That's what I want to plug. NWA is the way to go. You know, locally, you can go to Tim Storm 01 and check out Instagram, and I'm always posting where I'm going to be. Uh, Twitter is, is, you know, real Tim Storm. That's out there. I am not social media savvy, but I post fairly regularly. Support, in, support independent wrestling, support wrestling all over the place because we're all in this together. Logan, you're, 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 we're all on the same team. We want, we want to make each other successful. Support NWA, Fight TV every Tuesday night, 6.05 uh, Eastern time. And Power, Power Surge, Empower. We've got a new one coming out. Uh, they announced last night that the that the women are going to have a, a an Empower of its own. At least a couple, you know, we're going to do a couple episodes of that. Support it because it is good stuff and it is professional wrestling. No question about it. And you heard Tim Storm say it: professional wrestling. There's nothing like the NWA. You got to get to Oak Grove, Kentucky, Valor Hall by any means necessary. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there, and I'll be the biggest mark in the crowd. I can guarantee you that. And you're going to want to check out the steel cage match between Crimson and Jack Stane. And Tim Storm's going to be in action. Hell, he might even have his blue blazer. It looks mighty sharp. You just never know. You just never know. And I, it hadn't been officially yet, but I'm pretty sure the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship is going to get defended by Trevor Murdoch. We'll see. Hadn't been announced, but I'm just going to make an assumption uh, in Billy Corgan's infinite wisdom that that's going to happen. And you're going to want to check that out Absolutely. because there's nothing like the history and tradition of the NWA. That's been Tim Storm. I'm Logan Logan anymore. Go check out by any means necessary October 24th. And if you can't be there, you got to check it out on Fight TV and be sure to subscribe to NWA Power. It's just five bucks a month. Hell, a Subway sub costs more than that now. You got to check it out. Tim, thank you so much, my friend. Thank you, Logan. I appreciate your time, man.